welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. We appreciate your support of the show, and we hope that you will subscribe, share, and rate. Our guest this week is an award-winning general manager specializing in improving team performance and guest satisfaction. She is a kindness incorporator and life alignment strategist, helping people release their inner hero so that they can accomplish their highest goals. We are delighted to welcome Elizabeth Dungyu. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Robin. And I'm Nikki. And on this week's episode, we welcome our hospitality hero of the week, Elizabeth Ndungyu. She is an award-winning general manager, kindness incorporator, and life alignment strategist, and CEO of Ndungyu Consulting. Please welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Robin. Hi, Nikki. Hi, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to talk to you. You have such a wonderful story. We can't wait to get to it, but we're going to start first with your hospitality journey um, and then your pivot to entrepreneurship. So why don't you give us a taste of who you are? All right. Sounds good. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Elizabeth Ndungu. Um, I started off at the Courtyard in Poughkeepsie, New York as a server for the Courtyard Cafe when they used to have that. I used to be paid, what, $6.25 an hour, I think it was. <laughs> um, and this lovely lady called Miss Lori Tribble gave me a chance. I had no experience doing anything. And the first thing during the interview she said is, are you willing to cross train? And I was like, yes, please teach me anything and everything possibly can. So. She let me be me. I trained for the front desk. I trained for laundry, housekeeping. She had some awesome leaders there. Um, Mr. Adam Pregno was one of the people who hired me, his wife, Michelle Pregno. Like it was just a whole family type of affair situation. Um, they taught me so much about being a leader because they would be with me, showing me how to do everything. Um, sometimes I'd be thrown in by myself, you know, like, hey, there you go figure this one out by yourself. Um, so I did that for about four years. And then um, thankfully, a Mr. John Agaby took me in as an operations manager. So I went from being a server to being a front desk person, and then from front desk to being an operations manager. But that was at a different hotel in um, Tarrytown Courtyard. So that was a big responsibility because as an individual contributor, I was really good, right? I could fold the sheets and towels to the best of my ability. I could check in 60, 70, 80 guests with a smile. Um, but managing people, that was that takes a lot. <laughs> it's a mental responsibility, physical as well. Um, so Mr. Agaby took me under his wing. He taught me um, how to lead people, to guide them, to not really be so much of a boss, mm -hmm. then be more of a guide so that people can make their mistakes and learn from them. And of course, trying to hire the right people because right. your team, you're only as good as your team. You are basically nothing as a leader unless your team is as great as possible. And mm -hmm. that's the whole focus. It's yeah. make sure you're taking the time with your team, get to know them, know why are they coming to work sad? 
And um, so he took me under his wing for a year and a half. And then I became a task force manager. That was fun. That was super. You did a lot of travel and. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I went to, so at that time I was living in New York. I went to Texas and I, I actually became, um, what are they called? Like a courtyard refreshing business um, trainer. Okay. So like while I was task forcing at hotels, they would ship me off and help train other people um, to open up the courtyard cafe and oh. the courtyard bistro at that time. Um, it was so, so cool. I, it, it was really hard for me to leave that job um, but my, the, my boss at the time, his name was, uh, Michael Cherix. He passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, well, I have this small hundred room hotel at the residence in, um, in Long Island and they need a general manager. So how about you try it out? And I was like, well, I didn't really want to be a general manager. <laughs> like, I'm pretty excited doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm like, molding teams you know helping them out they're so strained you know with staffing and Mm -hmm. getting the right team together and it was like the best part for me is I'd put a team together and then just give it to another manager and they'd be happy with you know what I've done so I'm like I was super excited about that and he's like no just try this out you know you it will help you a lot and I was like all right I'll try it and um that was such an amazing experience like my first general manager position straight from an op operations manager mm-hmm. to being a general manager like yeah. that's some scary stuff big job so what was the biggest <laughs> learning curve uh, going from operations to gm <sighs> oh my gosh um so definitely very steep learning curve because okay. as an operations manager i had been in charge of maybe 20 people Mm-hmm. give or take mm-hmm. um, but it was only in different departments so it was yeah. just maybe say the bistro and the front desk okay and as a general manager of course you're in charge of everything mm-hmm. and everyone but most importantly you need to be able to trust your team yes because you cannot be everything mm-hmm. all the time right so right. everything depended on who um, I felt was best fit to lead with me Mm-hmm. So my assistant general manager, my operations manager, if I'd had one, my supervisors, my down to, you know, the laundry person, yeah. like you need to be able to trust them to fold the sheets correctly. Um, their core values mattered most to me. Mm-hmm. Are they aligned with the company? Are they, do they love coming to work? You know, right. stuff like that. So wow. the steep learning curve for me was just, I can't do everything. So I have to trust my staff to do what they need to do. But that responsibility still lies on me. Yeah. And the people right, right, leaders. right. Yeah. Um, that, that was hard. That was hard because I was used to, oh, you're not going to do this? In my head, of course, because I'm not going to really say that. I'm like, so you're not going to do this? Well, I'll just do it. But then now it's, let me show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, then inheriting a staff is also very different compared mm. to making your own staff. Yeah. Sure. But this staff in Long Island was the greatest staff I've ever met. Like they were willing to do whatever needed to be done. And the fact that they were, you know, some of them were not very happy. I came because now they had just lost a great general manager. Sure. But they were willing to be like, okay, I'm going to give you a chance. If you piss me off, I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) If you piss me off, I ain't folding that laundry for you. Right. (laughs) But for the most part, they were aligned with the mission. And, you know, that was guest satisfaction and yeah. making sure that everything ran smoothly. 
yes and they so when I went into that hotel I would say they were um not at the top so mid at the end okay uh of the portfolio so as I worked with them we got to number one it was wow so cool. um got GSS was number one um our AES went higher I mean our engagement surveys mm-hmm. also went higher uh, but our revenue oh my gosh like they were doing <sighs> my star report had was in the 200 index oh my god wow and I had never seen that before right so I'm used to a 200 index at that point like I, I it's done this and it kept at it it kept being at 200 continuously wow like two years <laughs> now so how how now did I'm, you yeah that staff okay. oh my gosh yeah. just amazing like yeah. super amazing. Like they are dead tired. Mm-hmm. It's a snowstorm. Yeah. And they're like, and they're like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm Elizabeth. I'm going to come in. I can't sleep over. Cause um, in their culture, it, they can't be separated from their husbands like that. Mm-hmm. So my housekeepers are like, okay, I'm going to come in. They walk in the snow. Like, Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And this was when MS 13 was rampant mm. in Long Island, mm-hmm. the gangs. Um, and they lived in that neighborhood. Their kids were going to school to, to school with gang members. And they're just like, you know what? I trust my God. I trust, you know, Elizabeth, I trust you. I'm coming to work. Mm-hmm. And like I did everything I could to make sure they had, you know, enough money type of situation. But wow. so what do you attribute their dedication to? I mean, what was it that was it, it gave them such a it was a for me was their core values in their heart. So okay. like for them, they have to align to somebody who believes in the same thing that they mm-hmm. do believe. Sure. So sure. if if they're like, well, I'm sacrificing my time away from my family, I'm sacrificing all of these things. I need to make sure that the person I am doing this for is okay with that. Yeah. And that they're ready to help me. So for me, if they came to me and they're like, okay, Elizabeth, this is what happened to my son. I need a month off because I need him to do this and this and this. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know what? We'll figure it out. And they, they actually come to me and they're like, so XYZ housekeeper is going to work for me. She said, it's okay. Is it all right if I take, you know, the week off? Wow. Like They knew that, yes, we're still going to stick to the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're going to stick to the policy. Mm-hmm. But I have them first. Yeah. Which is one of the core values for, for married mm-hmm. is putting people first. So putting people yes. first. You take yes. care of the associates and the associates mm-hmm. will take yep. care of the guests exactly and they had trust and confidence in you and you were also very fair so all the way around if the hotel does well yeah they make you look good everybody comes out yeah um on top that's amazing we had some insane incentives as well oh yeah talk about that mm. So this is one that uh, one of my former mentors, John, taught me. So like, say for, say for example, the guest satisfaction surveys, right? When they come in, um, the hotel looks pretty good with the score. So say you're mm-hmm. an 80 or a 90, but mm-hmm. how does that relate to the associates or to the mm-hmm. employees, right? Yeah. How do they benefit from that? So we, we dropped it down to the point where like the housekeepers, if their score went up, if room, room cleanliness went up, they'd get a bonus at the end of the month. Oh, okay. So yeah. if they hit, say, if their score finished at 60% for the year last year, right? Their goal started at 62%. So mm-hmm. between 62 and 65%, 
if they hit that, they get $25 in their paycheck each. Okay. If they did between 65 and 69, they get 50 bucks. If it was 70 to 72, they get a hundred bucks, you know, like with the wow. cash yeah. is king. <laughs> and you have never seen more <laughs> more people like so eager and it's the competition between the departments oh sure yeah right everybody's right. motivated at that point yeah yeah and it's all because of your hard work mm-hmm. like they that they were selfless in that way in terms of we'll sacrifice this to make sure the hotel still looks good mm-hmm. but then at least we're getting a share of it wow. right right they they had irons in the fire at, mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They, That's amazing. When people are motivated, what yeah. can become and what can happen. Mm-hmm. And then it truly cascades all the way to the top. Yes. You know, yes. from the yes. bottom to the top, it's all going up. So mm-hmm. kudos to you. That's, that's, that's awesome. great. I would wow. have been out there, my nun sheet folding self trying to <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, Elizabeth, uh, Nikki and I have had some um, wild experiences working during COVID. Mm-hmm. And when I say working, they were all non-sales activities. So <laughs> Nikki was working in uh, in laundry and at the cafe and she was the barista and I was working in housekeeping and um, delivering sewing kits and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever we needed to do. Yeah, um, teamwork, stripping rooms, you know, yes. all that stuff. So love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, wow. we're very well cross trained. That's <laughs> not, I'm not gonna say I'm the best. No, but but I can come in and help. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally took me 45 minutes to make a bed. I mean, just because. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my yes. goodness, because it's. I mean, it's a. It's a, it is a skill to get the it corners is. right and to, oh, yeah. you know, put the, I didn't know I had to put the duvet, the cover on the duvet and mm-hmm. it, it was just a lot. So I have a great <laughs> deep appreciation for anybody in housekeeping, yeah. seriously. And, and you always, at least for me, I always looked at housekeeping as being the department, especially as a sales manager, because I know sometimes we're asking, you know, the ask is big. We've mm-hmm. got back-to-back groups coming in. Yeah. Um, I used to book sports. So you know what that's like. There's a lot mm-hmm. of <laughs> involved with all of that. Um, yeah. But when I worked in housekeeping for that little stretch, and it was so funny, the housekeeper I was with, she was like, just get out the way. <laughs> <laughs> or she would tell me, you just strip the beds. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like you're doing way too much. <laughs> yes. Yes. The honesty, right? The yes. Honesty. The like, honesty. Just wasting my time. I'm <laughs> grateful. Just move over here. Yeah. Yeah. That's I what we got. Even, I couldn't even get mad because I, I was like, I know I'm terrible. So <laughs> oh my God. Tell me what to do and I'll yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. my housekeepers would my, my laundry attendant. This one day we were like really, really hit, right? So I'm in the laundry room. I'm feeling so proud of myself. I'm like folding. And she's like, Elizabeth, could you do me a favor? Could you go get the laundry for me, please? And I'm like, I thought I was doing good. She's like, no, no, you're, you're just too slow for me right now, okay? <laughs> just please go grab more laundry for me. By the time you're done, this whole ki- this whole pile over here will be done. I was the like, honesty. you know what? 
I love you. I love you. Thank you. I'm out. <laughs> I will come back with some more laundry for you. That I is love too her much. That. Yeah. Her honesty was. Elizabeth, yeah, tell that. us what a kindness incorporator is. Ooh. So a kindness incorporator is a person who, without even thinking, just tends to incorporate kindness in everything that they do. So it, how can I put it? So like, if in the hotel business, for example, we know we tend to waste a lot, like especially say for breakfast, right? Yeah. If you think about it. And most people just throw it in the garbage and it's a bit harder nowadays, but before we, you know, you would of course give it to people who are homeless or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but because we are so in tune to, unfortunately, somebody can actually sue you for giving them bad food. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. if you give away your food at the end of the day, just to anybody and they get sick, it's a problem. So now it makes us become very careful. And mm-hmm. sometimes we may not even want to be kind because of that one instance right. where somebody yeah. actually sued you. Right. Right. Um, I'm my job or my title or my project is to try to get us to surpass that and to still continue to be kind. Okay. So yes, you may not be able to give all of your food at the end of the day as a restaurant to the homeless, but can we figure out a project, right? Can we figure out a way where you can still feed those homeless people, still be kind? Mm-hmm. And it's going to help out without, you know, the law coming into play or without you always thinking that if I do something nice, somebody's going to come in and sue me for it. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's, that's what a kindness incorporator is. It's still going ahead to be kind. Even if, even if it's getting harder and harder to do it, just because there's that one bad apple out there. Uh, Community in which those folks that are suffering from dementia that, want to wander are actually safe and can be safe sure. and stay home. Yeah. So we actually have all three in our community. Okay. Um, some communities just have the independent living. Some are just assisted living and memory care. Um, and then you have actually skilled nursing homes, which are totally different. And that's okay. one-on-one care with, with the caregiver to take care of somebody. So okay. It, it's a, a broad world, kind of yeah. like the, exactly what you said, Nikki, it's kind of like there's different levels of hotels from luxury down to economy, and it's very similar in the senior world, different types for different needs. Wow, that's fascinating. I didn't realize that there were so many different layers. I mean, you hear it, assisted living or senior living or retirement community, and I'm just thinking that they're all the same. So yeah, I appreciate it's like a sorority you. house. Okay. Oh. <laughs> How did I know she was gonna come in here when I was trying to have a tender moment? <laughs> it's just mind blowing. It's not yeah. it's just not what you what you think it is. And yeah. I, I, it's true. I think we for me happy hour every Friday afternoon at three o'clock. Hey, so. wait a minute now with the residents. <laughs> What's really going on? <laughs> now that's a sales meeting. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. We used to go to church after work. Every- <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Well, that's nice. So walk us through, <laughs> walk us through your day. Um, I, we have a stand-up meeting, which is basically all the directors get together and kind of talk about what's going on in the community and what our days look like. Mm -hmm. And then I'm usually on the road. Um, I have set appointments and or tours at the facility. Um, and I'm out trying to get referrals so that if yeah. anybody knows a, a good friend of theirs, they're trying to refer over to us mm -hmm. and um, go on calls and come back. I load everything in our CRM system, which is our customer database. And um, anytime we have a referral that comes from one of those, it is documented for our resident that the referral came from XYZ person. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of it is database entry to make sure that anybody and everybody that can give us a referral is, is notated in the system. Wow. And then you Very just cool. build those relationships with all the offices. So I've been there a couple months now, and I'm just now <laughs> heading wow. back to the original um, doctor's offices that I went to visit in the beginning and uh, saying, I'm back again. How's it Circling going? back. That's right. <laughs> Hit them again. Follow-up is still there. Wow. That is so wonderful that, I mean, I don't know who the first person was that said, um, First of all, the candidate that said, you know what, I'm going to apply for this job, you know, at the senior living facility. And then the first person that said, you know what, I'm going to hire this hospitality person from the hotel. I mean, it just seems like a match. And God bless that person who could see that the skills are transferable and mm -hmm. that this could work you know, because so many people are doing it and, and are doing it now. And, and it just makes sense, you know, believe it or not. Um, one of the recruiters that works for us is actually an ex hotelier, ah. um, HR person. And it took time for them to say, you know what, we do this in hospitality. Why not? And so mm -hmm. that's where the dilute started. And our yes. company is R RCM. And um, RCM has done an awesome job of capturing a lot of the hotel workers that have been unemployed for this past year during COVID. Yeah. And uh, I know I can count on two hands already the number of wow. people that transferred over. So, wow. That, and I mean, talk about finding some, you know, top level talent to to come. I mean, of course, as a hotelier, I think hotel salespeople are just fabulous. You know, we, we hung the moon, uh, but, to, but to find, um, you know, to find a hotelier, connect them to this business, whereas we have all those skills that, that they're looking for and probably some that they didn't even realize that they knew they needed. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you think about a site visit, you know, we, we can sell a room without even opening the door. You know, if, yeah, you, absolutely. if you really got your game together, you, you can paint that picture and yeah. tell that story mm -hmm. for the person to be able to see it. So, I mean, that, that is wonderful. That is really, really, really cool. I love it. I love it. We're um, awesome people. What can we say? That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> So Rebecca, what would you like for us to know that maybe we have not, that maybe we have not asked? 
Um, you know, for all the hotel people, keep hanging in there. I think the business will rebound. It might take a little longer than we're all hoping, um, but hang in there. And what we love to do is still going to be there. Um, yeah. There's going to be some changes, I'm sure, uh, based mm-hmm. on COVID. And um, I just, I remember the industry back when we had the bird flu and the swine flu and we had Mm. SARS and I remember going through the industry and it it impacted us but not nearly to the capacity that that COVID impacted the industry and um, so just everybody who's out there still looking or wanting to get back to normal um normal's gonna come it's gonna rebound eventually and uh, we'll see what that future holds for the industry yeah very well said. Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. We thank appreciate you, you and uh, we wish you all the success. Yes. Thanks so much. Miss, Keep you up the Miss you too. We're, we're going to have to have like the family reunion, literally. Absolutely. <laughs> I know we need to get the band back together. Yeah. <laughs> we need to. Maybe I'll have to schedule a happy hour at, at my community for everybody to come out. And I would like that. Like I'm gonna have to get an outfit because I know Gertrude and the girls got all their best everything. So <laughs> give me some notice so I can get myself together. Maybe Gertrude's right. gonna put on her good hair that day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna need some notice so I can get myself all the way oh, together. Lord, that is too much. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thank right. you so much. Thank you. <laughs> We thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. You can continue to support the show by subscribing and sharing. Hospitality, that's our business.